everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going good, man. How are you? Good. Living the dream. All right. Uh, you want to go over any closing trades or anything you got into this week? Yeah, I did have a ton of closers uh, just because it was the October monthly expirations this Friday. Um, and I had a great month. Um, didn't really expect this. Like, I think the best month I've had this year so far, I think, was an 8% gain uh, for all my neutral strategies. And uh, I want to say probably 80% or maybe low 80s was my best win rate for any month this year. And then October uh, was just killer. I got a 16% return and a 94% win rate. So it was pretty crazy. Um, the only trade... That was actually a loss for me um, was TLT and it wasn't max loss. So this is also the first month I haven't had any trade go max loss against me, which was pretty awesome too, because there's always at least one or two tickers that have got me for max loss. And uh, this month I had none of those, which was good. And so I bought back a 148 put on TLT um, that was it. I had an EWZ put that was a little bit in the money and they've been beat down so much lately that I just rolled it to November because I was like, ah, this thing is going to come out of the money if I just buy a little more time. And after I rolled it, it ripped. Um, so yeah, it's not even in the money by that much anymore. And then I also had, I think XBI, I think it was just out of the money. And it was close enough that I was like, well, I could just close it out right now uh, for, I think it was a small profit, or I could just roll it out another month. So I pushed that one to November. It kind of sold off after I did it, but they've been beat down for so long as well that I kind of feel like just buying a little bit of time on that is going to uh, end up being pretty good. And yeah, that was it. All the other ones were max profit. Um see if I had anything else here. Oh, closing just today when the futures started trading. You and I were kind of going back and forth about it and the way everything ripped so hard last week. Um, I was looking at NQ and ES on the four-hour time frame, I think, and they were both overbought. So you and I were talking about it, and I saw that, and I'm like, I'm going to close out of these contracts right now and just wait for things to kind of retrace. Um, so those were some other closing trades I had. Um, and then, let's see, I did open up a bunch of positions for November um, because I am looking into the November expiration now. So, um, well, actually, I guess I finished that up because I'm going to be moving on to December, but I did have a bunch of opening trades for November. And let me see, what did I get on for November here? Um, so XLF, it looks like, yeah, XLF, that was one 
trade I got on there. I just sold a put on them because they're a pretty low priced ETF. I didn't go spread. Um, that one is just like a financial ETF. Um, so I sold a put there and then EWY looks like another one. Um, that one is the South Korea ETF. Looks like I went put spread on that one. And then good old EWZ um, went on the put side again because after they burned me in August, uh, September and October worked out great for me on EWZ. I just kept playing the put side and, uh, you know, they kind of bottomed out or kind of leveled out. So I went put side again, EWZ for November. Um, I sold the 30. So I've still got pretty good range on that. I think it's got to move like three bucks or something like that. It's got to move a fair amount to go in the money. And then um, what else did I get on? XLK. That one is, let's see, was that a spread? Yeah, that one's a put spread, a three wide uh, for November. And then I played TLT. Yeah, TLT again. So they've been pretty good. They did get me this uh, last month, but overall they've been pretty good to me. So TLT, I went, um, I guess, vertical put spread there as well. 142 is the short. And then um, what else? XLE. Yeah, let me see here. EWZ, yeah, XLE. Looks like a three wide. Um, it's a energy ETF, and why is it not telling me what it ex actually? Is? Oh yeah, that's put spread as well. So fifty five is the short on that. And then I did have some other stuff kind of open that I decided to just sell like covered calls against. One of them was ICLN because I had a long call on ICLN. So I did just sell the 24 call uh, as a covered call there for November. And then I also had a long position on SLV, so silver. And they just been kind of moving around, not doing much. So I decided to sell a covered call there as well and just try to grab a little credit because, uh, yeah, things like silver and gold just and ICLN, those things haven't been moving around too much. So I figured just uh, sell a little protection there and hopefully make a few bucks. Nice. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a whole bunch of stuff going on. I ended up selling my shares of AMPY when they started ripping. Uh, I thought initially when I got in the trade, I was going to be able to pull um, a dollar uh, per share off of this thing, but it just kind of consolidated too quickly because they had that massive, there was a 50% dump after they, uh, one of their oil lines got uh, cut by a boat or some crap. And so I thought, okay, this is just an overreaction. Uh, I think they're going to come back. I didn't think they were going to go back to where they were. I thought that was too much, but I thought I'd pull a buck out of it. But ended up uh, pulling fifty cents off uh, per share because once they ripped to four bucks, I was like, "Nah, I'm out. <laughs> I don't trust these guys." Um, I went long a put spread on Under Armour. It was the uh, one leg was in the money uh, put spread, and I got into that on oh, when was this? Oh, the eleventh. And then immediately they just started ripping like they had uh, closed below what was a short term uh, support for them. So I thought, OK, now they're going to start dumping from here. 
I didn't wait for confirmation. So, of course, the next day they just started ripping and ended up uh, closing it out early. Um, I think it was the next. Oh, okay. So I went long the put, uh, just the 1750 put. And then once they started ripping, I was like, ah, crap, I'm going to turn this into a spread and save a little bit of money and hope they die off. And uh, so I turned it into a, a put spread. And then I ended up buying uh, or, yeah, buying it or selling it. God, I can't talk uh, early <laughs> two days later for about 40 percent loss on the trade. And it was like super cheap anyways. Uh, I think they were only trading yeah, around like 17, 18 bucks. So didn't lose a whole bunch, but went uh, like 40 percent loss on that. I also went long uh, progressive shares, which is ticker PGR because they've been selling off and they were right at this nice support level and they actually ripped pretty hard on uh, to end the week. So it's looking good on that. Um, I also went long shares of big five, which is BGFB because I noticed that they are shorted 40% and they're looking like they're at a nice level right now. They're trading in like this uh, nice triangle pattern. So I think they're going to consolidate a bit and then I'm hoping, uh, make a big move higher. So we'll see. Um, and I also on Friday sold my, uh, TQQQ, which is the triple leverage, um, NASDAQ ETF. Cause yeah, like we were talking, I, I thought that the last three days where everything just went freaking bananas and started ripping higher was just too big of a move too quick. So, um, I'm expecting it at least a, a slight pullback and then I'll probably go long again. Nice. Yeah. I wish I would have, uh, taken a look at the charts, uh, maybe Friday or something to kind of see what was going on there. Um, I probably would have dumped my TQQ Q as well, but, um, yeah, I guess I'm just going to have to hang on to that one. I might just let that one sit, um, until, you know, we see this, uh, all-time high that NQ is probably going to set pretty quick here. But, um, yeah, I'll try to maybe try to swing trade the futures a little bit because it sold all the way down to that 14.4 level um, on NQ. And then it rallied up pretty nice from there to about 15K. And then it pulled back like 400 points. And then it went on, man, it's almost a 600-point run. And yeah, like you're saying, that was just a massive rip. So like on the four-hour chart, um, they were just up in the uh, overbought area. Now they're starting to like peel back a little bit. So I kind of threw up a trend line there from that bottom at 14.4. And then when they kind of retraced to 14.6, um, yeah, I don't have the fibs on it right now, but that looks like probably 61.8% level right there on that pullback. And yeah, then then like another 600 point rip. So I'm expecting them to come back down to maybe around 14.9. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping a eye on the trend line and uh, yeah, looking to do something with the futures or, you know, grab some more uh, T triple Q. Yeah, that's why I like... Uh the ETFs is it's easy to, you know, jump in and end futures contracts as well. Um, it's easy to jump in and out because like in my head, I think we're going to have a pullback, but everything that I'm seeing on this chart, it's just like 
yeah, I possibly, like, probably not. But, I mean, we should have a pullback after that massive three-day rip we had. But it honestly would not surprise me if at some point tonight, uh, NASDAQ futures go and test that. Oh, what candle is that? That, like, 15. Oh, what the hell just happened? Screen just freaked out. It's like 15 like, one, I think. Yeah, I think it was like around 50. Let me see. I sold at uh 15 128 so yeah i think it was up around like 15 130 when futures started trading today yeah so i you know they might go <laughs> some, some volume comes in and retest that like 15 2 level mm -hmm. and then rip even higher it's just i don't know i just you know i've got good profit off of my tqqq so i was just out yeah, knowing NASDAQ, it'll probably do something like that. Go to 16K at some point in the middle of the night, and then by the time we wake up tomorrow, it's back down under 15. Yeah, I saw someone on the, uh, <laughs> the internet that has a uh, NASDAQ, oh, what the hell did it say? NASDAQ 35K club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll be here in about six months. Uh, Seriously. Yeah, that first candle from today, I think that's from today, is looking pretty good. Just like a nice red inside bar. And then the next one is, you know, making a move lower. So hopefully that was a nice little exit. I mean, it's down like 40 points right now. So 0.27%, nothing too crazy. But yeah, I'm definitely hoping it retraces. And then if it hits that trend line and has a nice little reaction, then yeah, I'm going to pull the trigger again and hopefully make another nice little swing. Nice. All right, so uh, the topic we wanted to go over today, we wanted to finish up our uh, big options Greeks, and so all we have left is Vega now. So uh, Vega has to do with implied volatility. So what Vega is is telling you what the price is going to change of your option contract with a 1% change in implied volatility. And if you don't know what implied volatility is, it's just... Uh, basically the implied move that you know they think a stock's going to do so you can see like if implied volatilities uh on a year out contract or option contract is 20 then you know that they're expecting a 20 percent move uh for that one year um if you have so like an uh, example would be is if you have an option worth two bucks and a vega of 0 0.50 and implied volatility goes up 1%, then the option's gonna in increase to uh, 250. And uh, kind of like gamma, but uh, the more time on the option and the closer to the money is where you're gonna have the highest level of Vega. Yeah, it's definitely important, I think, to understand uh, how implied volatility can affect the price of the options contract. And I think that's why a lot of people, um, not everybody, but a lot of people really like to buy options. If they're, you know, somebody that likes to buy options a lot, like maybe buy calls or buy puts, they um, sometimes will buy things when implied volatility is kind of low. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe something's like consolidating or uh, you know, something's just been trading super duper flat. It's not really doing a lot. IV is kind of low um, because option prices are, you know, cheap. Uh, and then like if, they're, you're, if you're buying when IV is really low, 
not a lot going on. Nobody's really expecting these big moves in the stock. And then all of a sudden something happens. I don't know, a news story comes out or, you know, there's some reason why implied volatility all of a sudden skyrockets. Um, you know, all of a sudden the option prices get jacked up because everybody's expecting like this big move in the stock. And that's why people like to buy, uh, you know, when the IV can be uh, really low. And it's just good to know, like, when, you know, option prices are expensive and when option prices are cheap. And, you know, Vega definitely can tell you what's going to happen. Like, like you're saying, um, you have that value there and then you know with a one percent change in implied volatility you know this is how the price of the option is going to play out yeah that's exactly why i have on all of my charts i have a couple of labels and one is the iv percentile so um i know that if it's low iv percentile then i'm going I'm more than likely going to be buying options because selling, you're not going to get a lot of premium and you're, you have a higher chance of actually getting crushed. If, you know, like you said, a news story comes out, then you didn't collect very much premium. So you're probably going to be going closer to the money. And then, you know, something comes out and you just have no wiggle room at that point. But if you're selling options when IV is super high, then typically it's going to come down. Like it's not going to stay, crazy high forever like i remember i don't know if i had actually got a trade on it but uh ea a while back a few months ago i believe was trading at the uh 99 percentile so it had never been trading higher so i was just going to sell anything because i was like okay these contracts are going to get crushed the premiums like got to be super jacked i don't recall if i actually got into it yeah that's definitely you know something to keep in mind when you're looking at prices of these options and you know whether you're looking to buy or whether you're looking to sell and i would like to just bring up uh you know the ticker that we've been using for a lot of these examples um, and just bring up space and kind of show an actual option on space um, and then the corresponding uh vega so so yeah, I'm going to pull up here just the November monthly contracts on space and I'm going to look at something that is just out of the money. Um, so I'm looking at the 21 call here for November 19th and it is showing a Vega of two. So it looks like the price of that contract or that call option is right around a buck 52. So yeah, if the implied volatility goes up 1%, um, you know, you're going to see the, not a big move there, but you're going to see the price of the options contract should go up a couple cents or, you know, a couple dollars because it's, you know, a hundred shares, uh, what that contract is representing. But that's, you know, in about a month, the November monthly contracts here, if I go out to, I think, I guess this is January, 2024 and realize space had um, options that far out, but yeah, I'm looking at January 2024, and if I look at a just out of the money call option, it's got a Vega of 11. Now that thing right now is going for about 780 bucks, that 23 call. 
but you can see there's a much larger um, vega value there. So that'll tell you right there that you know if implied volatility goes up one percent, the value of this call that doesn't expire until 2024 is going to increase a lot more than the just out of the money call that expires in a month. Yep. That's funny. I just pulled up the same option chain and uh, they're just predicting a $26 move, give or take. So either uh, by 2024, space is either going to be bankrupt or only 26 <laughs> bucks, according to them. Yeah, I guess they're not expecting too massive of a move. I guess they just expect, you know, these runs to like $60 and then it's just going to die off again. And then it's going to run up to 60 again and then it's going to come back down to 20. <laughs> Got space is so volatile right now. Their IV percentile is only a 4.7, even with that massive sell off that they had. I would have thought it would have spiked up a little higher than that. But I mean, yeah, you look at their chart, this thing's not you know, shy about making huge moves. Yeah, it's crazy. That's kind of funny that they only expect it to, you know, finish around that price, <laughs> 2024, because we know in between the thing's probably going to be at $1,000, down around $5, like all <laughs> over the place. And then come January 2024, it's at 26 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, man. So, yeah, I definitely just think uh, this is another good one to talk about. And, you know, if people out there that are newer to trading options and, you know, they're not too sure about what all the Greeks are and, you know, they see Vega, that they just understand, uh, you know, what's going to happen, um, you know, with the increase in implied volatility and also, you know, Vega and implied volatility, it just, you know, gives you some insight into how important those things are when it comes to trading options yeah and if you you know you have any questions about options greeks then you know we've done all four of the big greeks that you should definitely know before you even start trading options so you can listen back on uh our other podcasts but yeah you definitely should know what at least those four greeks do before you even start trading in my opinion because you i mean i brought up the example several times is that one dude that was just like, oh, what, the price is going up and I'm losing money on my calls. What the hell's going on? And he claims he didn't. I didn't. I don't remember what it was on, but he claims he didn't buy when the IV was high. But I don't understand, you know, how he'd be losing that much money uh, that he was saying he was if he didn't. So, uh, yeah, just anyway, keep an eye on all the Greeks and know what they mean before you actually buy or, you know, sell some contracts. Yeah, for sure. Because if you see something that like, uh, let's just say has a really high Vega or something, but you can get a deal on the option and maybe the price of the option is very good and it seems like a good price, but it's got, you know, a really good Vega or a higher Vega, you know, you might be able to come across a deal in that respect because you know that a 1% move in IV is going to yield you know, your contract becoming more valuable based on what, you know, the Vega is showing. So, you know, it's definitely good to just know exactly what that does. And, you know, you might be getting into something and then maybe the IV is low at that time. And then all of a sudden something happens, the IV goes to the moon and all of a sudden you're just sitting on a fat profit 
and the price of the stock may not have moved. I mean, maybe it's just a news story and like you haven't really seen the price action reflected in the news story yet. And the market opens the next day and all of a sudden because IV is to the moon, you just made a bunch of money if you want to dump the contract and like the thing didn't even have to make a move, you know, a big move in your direction. So, yeah, definitely good to keep in mind. Yep, Very true. All right, man, did you have anything you're looking at getting into uh, this following week? Yeah, I've got to start the December monthly contract, so I'm going to be hitting some of my favorite tickers, man, um, that have been treating me pretty well. Uh, One of them is ArcG, I believe. Yeah, let's see here. Got a spread on for November on that. So, yeah, ArcG, definitely one of them. Uh, ARKK as well. Um, Pull these guys up really quick because... Now we had the big move down in the markets. Um, yeah, it looks like on ArcG it had that run up to 115, and then it had a hard sell off to around the 70 level, and it rejected that in May. Oh, that was during that big market sell off we had in May. Rallied up nicely, started to sell off again, and it looks like it wants to support that 70 level again. Uh, because in early October here, it went down and touched that level and bounced off of it. So I'm probably going to stay on the put side on ARCG. Um, I want to say ARKK might be kind of similar. Oh, so in May, ARKK dipped a little harder, kind of just like ARCG. So it went down to around the 100 level, tested that area, bounced off of it nicely. Um, And then... It looks like ARKK in the shorter term wants to support that around 107, 108. So with that big move down in the market, I mean, it was just recently trading in early September at 125, 126. So I think with that big of a move down, I'm probably just going to count on the markets being cyclical and probably go put side there. Um, What else we got here? DIA. So DIA is also something I'm probably going to put on this coming week. Um, Man, there ain't much looking at the daily chart here. Geez, just like the slow climb. (laughs) It's kind of been, I don't know, as of late, it's kind of looks like it's been trading in a channel, actually. Usually looking at the... uh, YM futures. Um, but yeah, looking at the actual DIA daily chart here, looks like it's kind of been in between 336 and 356. Geez, going all the way back to April. So it's been kind of chopping around in that range. But it did make that really good rip higher. And, you know, this past week, couple gappers, a couple nice candles. I might go call side on DIA uh, just because it is pretty close to the uh, high as well. Pretty close to that 350. Yeah, it's only like four points away from that uh, 356 high. And then EEM, that's Emerging Markets ETF. I'll probably get a put sold there. And then EWU. That is the United Kingdom ETF, and I am up 55% on my November contract there. Um, I sold the 32 put, so I'll probably just sell another put on EWU. 
Oh, I just pulled it. I was looking at uh, EWW. I was like, damn, they've ripped on Friday. EWU? I shared. Oh, that's the Mexico ETF. You know, I've never traded that one. Um, trading around 50 bucks right now. Yeah, with that move lower, too, on EWW, maybe I'll go sell a put on them, too. Because they dipped down to around 47, 48. And then just, yeah, with <laughs> pretty much the markets and a lot of stuff. They just had that big rip up right there. But you know what? On that one, though, the call side doesn't look too bad. I mean, depending on kind of the volume and what it pays, because their high is only 51.49. But, you know, they probably don't move a lot. It's like a lower priced ETF. But, um, well, I think you just turned me on to a new ticker. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you have like 400 trades on next month. As if I didn't have enough of these weird ETFs to trade. <laughs> yeah, how's your China electrical, whatever the hell it was? Oh, that's, uh, you know, I stopped trading that one. Let me take a look at that, actually. <laughs> KWEB, the China Internet ETF that burned me hard that one month. It's, they kind of found a bottom at 44. So, of course, right when I'm just, like, done with them, <laughs> they find a bottom and probably would have been good to, like, sell puts like geez all the way back to august yeah it would have been good to start selling puts in july because they really finally leveled out so yeah i guess china's uh making strides in the internet space i don't know <laughs> all right um just like last week i have four tickers but i'm only gonna go over two here and then if you guys want to know the other ones uh, you're going to have to watch the weekly watch list video on our YouTube channel, which is just go on YouTube and WS Trades. Uh, type that in and you'll find uh, both of our channels. Um, my bullish is SPG. And as you can see, they've had like this super long-term resistance at about 137. They couldn't break through. And they finally did this week. Now, how hard they've ripped this last week i don't expect any crazy moves higher but i think selling premium at like 137 136 is probably the play i'm going to make on it yeah they looks like nq's chart or something <laughs> uh, with the last week that's just five green candles um yeah they ripped above the 21 pretty good and yeah, pretty good wick sticking out on Friday. You think they're going to retrace a little bit, maybe towards the 21? I think they're definitely going to come back down towards that uh, 137, but I don't. I think that's probably going to be a nice support level for them right now. Nice. Let's see. Uh, one, oh, they only have five wides, so you'd have to sell the one. Oh, let me see. I'm actually going to check out, see what it's what it would sell for. Yeah, you get paid 122 bucks to sell the. Yeah, their IV must be low as hell. 122 bucks to sell the uh, 135, 130. Yeah, not gonna be making a play on that one. Um, and the bearish, I'm gonna pull up GPS, which is a uh, gap. And this thing's just been in a stupid downtrend. It's ugly. And, yeah, I'm not quite cherish on them yet because as you can see they tried to come through that like what level is that like 22 level mm -hmm. and just couldn't 
So mm-hmm. I'm going to wait and see, get some confirmation if they're going to start making a move up and reverse this big downturn they've been in or keep selling off. So, you know, depending on what Monday holds is, you know, which way I'm going to be playing them. Yeah, that's just, boy, what an ugly chart. Um, yeah, it definitely looks like it's just kind of been lower lows, lower highs for a long time. So, yeah, they've got to they got to show something. I mean, even if you throw up a downtrend line, hitting a lot of those peaks in the downtrend, geez, they're like far away from even breaking that. So, yeah, maybe have them show like a little bit of a start of an uptrend or they want to make like higher lows, higher highs or something. But, yeah, that's a beat down. And I'm looking at the daily and they were recently squeezing and then fired to the downside. So, yeah, it's like they tried to recover and then just kept bleeding. Yeah, I just pulled up the weekly on them mm-hmm. and they're probably going to start eating crap. Like I was just looking at that like that's not there's no support anywhere around that level. So yeah. I'm I'm thinking they're going. I, dang, you probably pulled two bucks off this thing. Yeah, like, you're looking at like the 20 level, right? Maybe that'll be the next area that they test. See what yeah. happens there. Yeah, it's because <laughs> they did like back in I got oh man, it's all the way back to October of last year. They blasted through that and then came down and yeah, made it a nice you know, I guess support level. And then, yeah, since then it was just that big rip and then geez, they're so far away from the 21 right now on the weekly, like, man, that's ugly. Yeah. They started firing. (laughs) God, it looks like the beginning of the week on the weekly or, uh, Oh, that's a, yeah. So like two months ago they started firing to the downside, which I would have been paying attention to that. Yeah. It would have been nice to see that first candle and then bam. (laughs) Yeah. Nice ride down. All right, man. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to go over? Um, no, I think that's it. Um, so we we're talking about NASDAQ earlier. They're still down 0.19%, so trying to recover a little bit. Uh, Dow futures are green right now, uh, 0.06%, and then S&P 500, uh, down 0.04, so really flat there on the S&P. And then Bitcoin futures to the moon. Like, <laughs> we're talking about that little sell-off that they had tonight, and then the buyers just came in and bought that up like it was nothing. Yeah, Bitcoin to the moon. Hopefully cheap too. <laughs> Crazy, but yeah, I think that's all I had. Okay, um, I do have one thing on the website front. I made a... I actually made this thing a long time ago and forgot about it. Uh, it's an indica- a lower indicator uh, that I named the GGI. And what it works off of is the uh, the MACD, the parabolic SAR, and I believe just the RSI. There might be one more thing in there. Uh, but it's it, I'm trying to back test it right now and... Um, I can put the results on the website of what it is, but uh, it seems to be working fairly well right now. But yeah, anyways, I made the new indicator. I'll put that up along with uh, what the colors correspond to and stuff like that, uh, hopefully tonight. So I know you sent that one to me. Um, Does that have like buy and sell indicators on it or? No, I haven't because it's, I'm still kind of trying to figure out exactly the best way for it because there's two, or there's four different colors. There's a bright green, 
a dark green, a bright red, and um, a darker red. And it's not like the TTM squeeze where, you know, like an upward momentum is one color. And then once it starts dying off, it's all the colors are based off of um, different things. Like the RSI has to be above 50. Uh, MACD's got to be trending up. And what else was it? What did I say was in this one? The Parabolic Star. Yes, Parabolic Star has to be a buy before it's uh, the bright green. And then you can see on the histogram, uh, like how it's uh, trending, like making higher highs or lower lows, but then it'll turn the darker green if any one of those things isn't met. So if the SAR turns uh, short or MACD crosses back under or you know anything happens, then it changes color. So I'm looking at it and it's looking to me like pretty positive uh, trading if you get in on the lighter color and then you kind of just hold on and then once it changes uh, completely then get out of it at least on the indexes I don't know it's probably I'm gonna have to back test it like I said I'll probably get that done tonight but it's probably not gonna work on super volatile stuff Gotcha. Yeah, I guess it'd be good to check it against like space or yeah, some one of those crazy tickers. See what it looks like. Yeah, some 50% move stuff. Yeah, exactly. Cool, man. Yeah, I saw that come through. I got to get that thing actually loaded in. And then, yeah, like you're saying, really look at some charts on it and uh, kind of see how it does for different things. Yeah, I'll send you over the uh, strategy as soon as I get it done so you can backtest it as well. Okay, cool. All right, man. I guess I'll catch you on the next one. All right, man. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.